Hey everybody, Matt Hardman here with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast right here on the home for your plethora of programming, CKCC Radio. Thank you for joining me. It is Monday. I'm actually recording on a Monday. The day after Easter. Um, which means we will be talking about Bristol. But Bristol's not the only thing we're talking about this week. There's a lot going on in the world of racing. Some big news. Big news. Big news that has come out. Um, over Realistically, the last three days that I've recorded... Um, some exciting news. Um, we'll talk about that. Uh, and we'll talk about a, uh, I actually got a, a text message and phone call shortly after I recorded, uh, last week's Martinsville episode with a, a really cool thing that happened at Bristol, um, in terms of the trucks. Um, but first, let's let's talk about the, the racing. Before I get into all that, um, we would see the trucks and um, the Cup Series compete on Easter weekend at Bristol. Once again, this is the dirt track at Bristol, not the, the concrete that is traditionally run. Um, this is NASCAR's second second attempt at the dirt um and this one would see a really really good finishes in both races um both races were kind of a um I don't know two flips of a coin um and by me seeing that you know one race was actually really good the other race was ho-hum I shouldn't say ho-hum, but it left something to be desired. Um, But in in terms of the trucks, um, Ben Rhodes, who would sweep the first two stages and have a um, miss, a shot at hits, uh, at pitting um, after the first stage, um, would actually, he would... um, be forced to pit at the end of the second stage and work his way back. And work his way back, he did it as he methodically picked off the field, passing Carson Hosevar. Hosevar. Uh, with just a few laps to go. I apologize for that. Um, my, my recording device fell over. Anyway, um, Rhodes would pass Josevar, um, picking up the win, um, and I, it, this is a really good, strong showing for Rhodes, um, beat out some of the, the dirt regulars, and some of the, um, and just, he, well, he just stomped the field, let's be honest, he stomped the field, especially with the way he drove through the field during the, um, <coughs> the final segment of the race uh, to get back to the lead. Not only that, but uh, take it away from uh, Kosen Hosovar, who has been hungry for his first career win, looked to have it in the bag, and, well, 
that 99 truck, last year's champion, uh, certainly, um, it's always turkey season in Maine, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I just had to slow down for one. Um, ben Rhodes showing why he is the defending and reigning uh, NASCAR Truck Series champion, um, really good run for him, and I thought the trucks put on a decent show. Um, there were two trucks that did not make the show. Uh, first, it was Jessica Friesen, um, wife of Stuart Friesen. This is the second time she's attempted the dirt race at Bristol, as she is a dirt racer herself. Uh, she did not make it. Um, and uh, Friesen, who started way back in his heat, you know, he did advance. Um, to the to the truck series race itself um, she did not and they were both starting in the same row like row nine uh, in their heat or eighth and ninth in their heat I apologize but uh she did not advance um, and neither did Norm Benning okay Norm, who, this is his first attempt of the season, and, and I had, and as you guys know, you guys and girls know, I am a, I am a true Norm Benning fan. I have been for a, over 20 years, um, followed Norm in the Arca series, uh, he, um, I've seen him race many times at Pocono. I was there to watch his miraculous run, uh, making the initial Eldora Dirt Race, um, which I think is still one of the greatest moments um, when you talk uh, the NASCAR Truck Series. In probably the last 10 years, 15 years, um, Norm's uh, pass in that last chance qualifier uh, was just something to behold, and uh, kind of not made me like Clay Greenfield. Uh, before that, I didn't have an opinion of him, but yeah, that one kind of changed very quickly, and I know it was a very happy moment for everybody in the garage. Unfortunately, Norm would not have the same success this week at Bristol. Um, he would be the other truck that was sent home and I was really pulling for this truck. Norm had a sponsor in Plan B Sales, uh, the diecast um, distributor, and even more so um, with uh, said text and phone call after I recorded as Norm was carrying <coughs> a decal on his truck on the C-pillar. Um, with the names of both Ed and Allison Ballow. Now, Ed's a long-time listener of the show, or a long-time friend of the show, I should say. <laughs> he, he doesn't do much podcast listening, um, but he's a long-time friend of the show, um, one of my oldest friends, and he had been... Um, he's worked on like a volunteer pit crew for uh, for Norm for a couple of races here and there. You know, mostly Pocono, 
and I believe maybe, I think there may have been another track, but I do know Pocono, um, but he has been friends with Norm and the team for quite a while, and uh, he was on the side of the truck, told me that uh, Plan B Sales uh, was on the truck, so there is hope, and Plan B Sales has announced that they will be doing pre-orders for uh, the Norm Benning truck, so I'm very excited with that, uh, especially if it does have Ed and Allison's names on it, I may have to get not just one, but two, um, you know, definitely if they do a, a mini die cast, uh, 164, you know, I think that'll go good in my work office, you know, I'll have to get a couple, you know, one for the work office, uh, maybe, maybe one when I actually get a recording studio built for this show, but that's pretty the cart before the horse, um, had to get away from the work or office to do that, so, um, Moving on, um, that was the truck race. Uh, then we move on to the cup, and a lot of talk with the cup started with um, not just the surface, but a lot of the controversy started with Kyle Larson, a known dirt racer, uh, saying how um, he finds the cup cars racing on dirt with windshields as pointless as it takes away from, you know, one, the dirt experience, and two, it, it, it's just another thing that'll get clogged up. Um, so, it, they started this whole ball, um, wax, you know, Kyle Busch has chimed in saying that they shouldn't be racing on dirt, blah, blah, blah. A lot of drivers have. Kevin Harvick, uh, you know, questioning this decision. Um, but at the end of the day, one of those people that was questioning the decision walks away with the shiny metal sword and the big trophy, uh, <coughs> as Kyle Busch the shrub himself picks up his 60th career Cup Series win. Uh, he ties the King Richard Petty for the most consecutive seasons with a win. And also, it's his ninth win at Bristol. Now, this isn't like a typical Kyle Busch dominating or Kyle Busch moving somebody out of the way, as we saw a very exciting, very exciting finish. A typical Bristol finish, as I as I call it, um, with some wildness there at the end, as Chase Briscoe, who handedly uh, was the fastest car in the field, the strongest car in the field, um, would have dominated the race had he not blown a tire in the first segment, been forced to <coughs> pit for said tire, and... Um, Due to the non-competitive pit cautions, he didn't get very far behind after pitting at the end of segment two um, to uh, take fuel and four new tires. So ultimately, he drove the... They only replaced five tires on his car. Um, 
but he uh, he would battle with Tyler Reddick, who was still looking for his first career win, um, and was set for it. A misjudged slide job caused both drivers to spin to the inside. Reddick was able to get his car going. Um, unfortunately, it was after Kyle Busch had passed him for the lead. Uh, Briscoe, though, would fall to 22nd. And um, after having trouble trying to get his car turned back around uh, to finish the race, um, very classy gesture uh, by both drivers uh, during the post-race interviews. Um, while inter while the um, Reddick was being interviewed, uh, Chase Briscoe came down, apologized. Uh, they shook hands. Um, there was no ill will um, between them, um, and I think it was just a very very classy gesture. Um, something. Some of the other drivers, like a Ty, Ty Gibbs, could learn, um, but it uh, it certainly was something. Um, Kyle Busch gets, like I said, his first win and uh, of the season, 60th overall, and now that gives eight drivers an automatic advancement to. The playoff round, leaving only eight spots open, um, with believe <coughs> it's seven, seventeen races to go. Um, next week they'll be at Talladega, so who knows? We may have another first-time winner. We may have a surprise winner. You never know, with it being Talladega. Um, so. Um, Moving on, I, well, before we move on and talk about all the rest of the stuff, including some big news at Talladega and another track, um, the biggest discussion this morning has been, does NASCAR need to stay at Bristol under? I like what I saw. It was a big change from last year. Last year we had the rains and all, which just made the track very, very muddy. Um, especially during the truck practice, which was rained out, where it was a disaster. Um, this wasn't... Saturday wasn't bad. Sunday we had some uh, rain cells go through, which caused a... Um, which caused a red flag right at the second stage break uh, for a half an hour. Um, the aforementioned Ed and Allison, who were at the race um, for the weekend, uh, left the track during that intermission. Um, so they caught the rest of the race on um, radio. But they... Um, This this is becoming an one and all too common occurrence. Granted, this would happen whether there was dirt or whatever, because you can't control the weather. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but the whole point, the whole point is, I mean, this is becoming all too common. Um, I think maybe either a moving the date, or b you know, doing something different. My take is, 
after the last two years and some of the issues that we've seen, you know, give give Bristol Speedway a pat on the back, a, a handshake uh, for a good job. But this is not, this is not, this is counterproductive. This is counterproductive. Um, we've heard a lot of drivers say that 3,500 pound stock cars do not belong on a, a track like Bristol. Um, yes, I get the fact that you can run short tracks around the country where these cars can run dirt. Um, and I've said, and I said this last night, um, both to Ed and in a, in a group, that NASCAR... That this is the point where NASCAR either needs to say, hey, we are, you know, we need to get away from this. Either go back to concrete at Bristol, you know, go back to concrete at Bristol and either go to another short track that is a legitimate dirt track or give up this whole dirt track thing. Um... I think that this is a this is a moment where they should uh, reach out to Tony Stewart, show how you know you know hey we're interested in Bristol, not Bristol uh, Eldora, because Eldora is one of the very few dirt tracks in the country that I really can a hundred percent say. I believe, can support a cup race. Um, obviously, the Aldora, you know, they're used to big crowds and everything else. Um, they're used to all that. They run the, uh, the King's Royal, the World 100, the, uh, the Dream. Uh, they run the biggest dirt races in the country. I mean, the, these aren't like your mom and pop weekend dirt races. These are the biggest races in the country. And they shown that they could step up when they went and did the truck races there. Now, the reason why the truck races aren't there has nothing to do with anything else. This has to do with um, the way NASCAR scheduled things and... Tony Stewart and um, everything else. Um, can they certainly put a, a a cup race on there? Yes, you're damn right they can. Uh, so I think it would be real. I think this is that time where they reach out to an Eldora, and to be honest, Eldora is the only one that could do it. I know Knoxville gets mentioned, um, where the Sprint Car Hall of Fame is, and the and the Knoxville Nationals, but I don't think that that track in that area is best suited for a cup race. It's either Eldora or nothing. Um, so, that's just my two cents on it. They move on to Talladega next week. Completely different from a, uh, from a dirty short track. Um... We move on, and there's and there's some news coming out of that, and um, the news is Jeffrey Earnhardt, who has been competing um, f 
for multiple teams this season. I, I believe it was Sam Hunt. Uh, there were a couple of other teams. Uh, he will be competing, taking the the famed number three for Richard Childress Racing. Now, this isn't the Cup one. This is the Xfinity Series. Um, he will be running the Xfinity number three with Forever Lawn. Uh, for his grandfather's uh, longtime friend, Richard Childress, obviously. Childress, the owner of Dale Earnhardt's um, number three, good wrench car, and Wrangler cars for many, many years. They won six championships together. Uh, he was probably one of, the f one of the people that was the closest to Dale Earnhardt. So seeing an Earnhardt back behind the wheel of an RCR number three is special. But it gets even more special, and that is the news that Larry McReynolds um, will be on the pit box for the number three RCR car. Uh, so even if you, I'll tell you right now, this 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 is not only one of Jeffrey's best chances to win in the Xfinity series uh, with this Richard Childress car. Um, but this would be one of those, you know, won't be a dry eye in the house if he wins. Um, you know, he, he's had some strong runs before uh, when he was driving for Joe Gibbs Racing. But this, I think, would be certainly the piece de la resistance, as, as you can say. But I think this would be really, really cool. Um, I know this... When I heard the news, I was super excited. And this is good for Larry Mack getting up on the booth, uh, uh, getting out from the booth up onto the pit box again. Um, and the news that Larry Mack uh, added a new member to his family over the weekend um, as his youngest, I believe it's his youngest daughter, but his daughter has married a... Uh, NASCAR driver and team owner Jordan Anderson. Um, so that's good. That's good for them. Uh, Jordan's a really good guy, and I really do respect um, Jordan Anderson. Uh, you know, he's a guy who, um, you know, who's done everything kind of his own way. You know, he's had some bumps in the road. Um, you know, but he works hard. Um, at, at his family's team and you know whatnot. Uh, both in the Xfinity series and in the truck series. So, um, the biggest news, though, the biggest news, and this is the news that I I've been waiting for, um, and it's the news I get on the on the tenth anniversary of um, the return of Rockingham Speedway um, is the fact that. North Wilkesboro, North Wilkesboro, who just three, five years ago was laying in shambles, uh, will reopen for the 2022 season. Yes, you heard that right. North Wilkesboro will reopen the racing in the 2022 season. Um, there will be a weekend of racing in August on the old surface, the old worn uh, North Wilkesboro <coughs> surface. 
and they will return in October. This is grassroots racing, so it's not cup. Let's not get too excited yet. Um, but it's grassroots, late models, and bandits, and everything else will be competing on this. Then they will return in October uh, on a dirt surface. And the reason why dirt is because, they're, one, they're kind of testing it, I think. You know, see how well it would be as a dirt track. Maybe the idea is moving to North Wilkesboro as a dirt track. Hmm. Can't get much worse than what we saw at Bristol the last two years. Um, but in at the end of the dirt race, they will be pulling all that up and repaving Bristol completely. Completely brand new surface. Um... So there is the possibility of NASCAR returning to Bristol, you know, within the next five years. Um, as I said, I, I heard this on the, um, got this news on the day the, um, on what was the 10th anniversary of me going, going to Rockingham for their first, their first race back on the schedule in 2012. After they were dropped from NASCAR and pretty much dormant for many, many years, uh, Rockingham came back onto the schedule. Another track that was abandoned much like uh, North Wilkesboro. Unfortunately, the Rockingham uh, thing did not, you know, go as planned. You know, they raced uh, some truck races there for a few years before um, they packed it in, folded, and sold the track. But I, I think that this is a huge, huge um, uh, step in the right direction for North Wilkesboro and a big victory for everybody who has been campaigning for North Wilkesboro to come back to NASCAR, um, myself included. Um, as you guys have heard, I've talked about it on this show many, many times. You've heard those, those famed words, North Wilkesboro Speedway. Uh, along with Save the Speedway, but this this isn't um, something I started. This was something that was spearheaded many, many years ago, um, in particular by uh, Terry Parsons, the widow of NASCAR uh, great uh, Benny Parsons. So, I mean, this is certainly uh, something I'm really, really excited for. And, um, like I said, it's grassroots, but it's a step in the right direction. You know, even if we do mainly see, uh, grassroots racing for the next three or four years before we get something else, um, I'm really, really hoping for this. Uh, so, with that said, uh, figure I'd leave you guys off on a good note. I didn't, oh, I do have a pop quiz nose for you, and I forgot to start the show off with this. And that is, uh, with Kyle Busch's win, this is now the 12th driver to make the NASCAR to win on Easter. Uh, who was the last driver? Uh, give up. That last driver was Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace in 1989. Anyway, until then, I will uh, talk to you next week.